This is Mission.org. Hello and welcome to Marketing Trends. This is Ian Faison. In today's episode, we feature Mark Viden, the VP of Brand and Marketing at Dignity Health. Dignity Health is a large healthcare company based in California. It does more than $10 billion in revenue and employs more than 60,000 people. In this episode, Mark shares the early impact of reading David Ogilvie, how he deals with rejection, and about his 17-year career at Dignity Health. Mark is an outside-the-box thinker, and he shares how he focused on how brands can create human connections that drive results. So sit back, please enjoy the interview with Mark Biden. Marketing Trends is brought to you by Salesforce Pardot, B2B marketing automation on the world's number one CRM. Are you ready to take your B2B marketing to new heights? With Pardot, marketers can find and nurture leads, close more deals, and maximize ROI. Learn more by visiting pardot.com slash podcast, or click on the link in our show notes. We are joined by a special guest today, Mark Viden of Dignity Health. Mark, what's going on? Well, it's great to be here. I'm excited to have this conversation and, and be part of marketing trends. Sounds pretty exciting. We are too. And Mark has uh, extensive domain expertise, and he's currently building out a brand new type of marketing strategy for Dignity Health. So we're going to be diving into his background, uh, as well as some principles and tactics that any marketer can use to do better marketing, uh, create more connection with the customer. So Mark, how'd you get excited about marketing and advertising? Um, Where did that first start for you? I think it goes all the way back to when I was a a kid. My grandfather was at Leo Burnett in Chicago um, and would always talk about advertising and gave me when I was 11 or 12, David Ogilvie, David Ogilvie's book, Ogilvie on Advertising. And I just uh, read it uh, repeatedly. It just fascinated me. And I knew that um, selling things to people was going to be part of my future. I am a man after my own heart. So the, fir- the purpose of the first line is to get the person to read the second line. And I, Ogilvie had so many uh, witticisms and uh, he, it seemed like he had discovered so many things about advertising. What was your, what was your feeling? Uh, what did you think when you first encountered his material, his work? Yeah, well, one is his integrity that comes out throughout all sure. of his work, what he's about, who's he's about, who, he, who he is about. But then I think most importantly is that it's, there's advertising is an art, but there's a science behind it too. Mm-hmm. And it's that data, it's that analytics that um, certainly wasn't present in his day, but that's so important today. Knowing who your audiences are, knowing how effective your messages are. These are the kind of things that we think about a lot. And I think back to David and, and his admonition to really measure everything you do. We're going we're gonna to need to get Mark back on the podcast just to do an Ogilvy only <laughs> episode because uh, we could probably do an hour just on that. Um, so is other than him, like what are some other people that inspires you to, to get into this? Sure. Well, my first job out of college was at Hill Holiday in, in, in Boston. I was the lowest of the low, uh, but it was fascinating. And I got to witness just a lot of smart people. Now, this is a long time ago when um, Infinity, a new car company, was just coming out. <laughs> um, you probably won't remember the advertising, but their their claim to fame back then was they didn't show the car. 
<laughs> Instead, they showed the leather that the car, you know, and why, how like amazing the leather was sourced or the wood and, and the sourcing behind that. And it was it was a brilliant strategy to get them noticed. Ultimately, though, it was a failure of strategy because what car buyers want, particularly men, is to fantasize over a car, to, to, to picture themselves in it. And Infinity never recovered. Uh, Lexus came out right around the same time and, and overtook them. But the lessons uh, were, were pretty amazing. That's that's yeah, remarkable. So were, you were working on on that campaign specifically. Again, when when you say working, I want to be really honest. <laughs> I was I was shuttling um, at that time large proofs around the building and having people sign off, calling clients to get them to okay a payment. But uh, I I observed a lot at the time and was um, again it was a very valuable education. So this is something I'd like to do a deeper dive in because there's so many people that are getting into the marketing industry for the first time. They're looking for, you know, how do they get their foot in the door? How do they become associated with that next big campaign? Um, is there any advice that you might provide somebody that's young, up and coming, that wants to, whether it's do the work or take any chance to start uh, any advice for that up and coming marketer? Oh, you just have to. I mean, it sounds like such a cliche, but you just have to keep knocking at the door and you have to be resilient. You have to handle rejection and you have to find the right person who sees something in you that 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 lets you in. And again, I think, um, you know, I, I work a lot with millennials. They're just a fascinating demographic group, and I love their values. They're they're probably uh, one of the most value centered um, sort of bodies of people that 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 exist in this in this country. But they come with some expectations that may be a little unrealistic, and I don't mean to overgeneralize, but um, I, I can say with you know that some of them expect to be promoted to the CEO seat their second year. And so what I would say is patience, persistence, respect, and listen uh, are really key attributes that, that anyone coming into, I would say any, any kind of uh, sure. enterprise uh, should adopt. And, you know, interesting, I said the word listen. Listen is what people are looking for in healthcare uh, quite a bit. So when, um, we did some research and what we found is that when people go in and have a, a consultation with their doctor or are discussing something with a nurse, oftentimes they don't feel listened to. And it's probably no fault of the medical professional. We, uh, you know, they are um, overwhelmed with thousands of tasks and too little time to do it. But to be present with someone, to listen to them, to look them in the eye is the most important thing you can do anywhere to form that connection. Okay, so for our listeners who don't know, uh, Mark is the one who's been executing the Hello Human Kindness campaign at, as part of the overall brand strategy for Dignity Health. Can you tell us about that campaign and like where it kind of came from and the background behind it? Absolutely. So we changed our name in 2012, and with that came an opportunity to, to redefine ourselves, to find a way to express Dignity Health uh, in a new way. And, you know, Dignity was a new name for us. And if you think about what people are looking for in healthcare these days, it's it's to be listened to, to be respected, and to have dignity at the bedside. So how do you take this concept and make it relevant to consumers in the marketplace? And, you know, our, our CEO, Lloyd Dean, who is an amazing visionary and great marketer himself, 
along with Charlie Francis, um, really decided to invest in a brand that I think no other healthcare company, with the possible exception of Kaiser Permanente, had done at that time. And their decision to invest in this brand yielded what I think we have today, which is Hello Human Kindness. And what's so unusual about Hello Human Kindness is that it it is an invitation into something that I think is much larger than healthcare itself. We wanted human kindness, this, this concept that human connection is the most important thing, that we all hold the power to heal. We wanted this grand brand purpose to stand for something in a world where, again, you may have a thousand friends on Facebook, but you may know or connect with so few in real life. And, and, and so we wanted this to be a movement. And, you know, it, it might have um, had a few raised eyebrows at the time in terms of <laughs> really you're starting a movement, but we, we were sincere about it. And if you think about Dignity Health, who our organization is, it was started by women religious sisters, uh, nuns, and they believed that human dignity that everyone had a right to excellent quality health care and what we wanted to do was was to honor their intent their their founding stories of caring for the whole community but to get it out even further and to do that you had to make you know something that is a, a two-word phrase i mean it may sound a bit you know, uh, marketing speak, if you will, hello, human kindness that has to encapsulate a 150 year legacy of healing. But, you know, we know that consumers these days have, um, you know, very little bandwidth. They're bombarded with messaging. So you need to stand out. And hello, human kindness was a way that we could stand out. I think that's really exciting for a couple different reasons. One of the biggest reasons I think that's a great idea is uh, so I'm a big fan of Bezos's shareholder letters. And one of the things he always is banging on the table about is to pick the things that aren't going to change over the course of the next decade and then zero in on doing those better. So in Amazon's case, you know, customers want better service, lower prices. But in the case of anyone who's looking for a healthcare solution, a new provider, an answer to their question, now they have a company that is optimizing for two things that they don't want to change kindness and somebody to listen to them. And those are, you know, two human values. They're not going anywhere. How did you, did any thought process like that inform your decision to focus in on listening and human kindness? Was it mainly data? Um, was it the founding ethos of the sisters that? And, know, and how do you or, listen? Like yeah. how, like tactically do you do that? How do you get feedback and, and be able to like come up with those kind of ideas? It's a great question. And, and, and yes, we started with research. Um, uh, quantity, Quant and Qual um, really wanted to understand not only the consumer mindset, but our employees as well. What did our employees value? Why were they drawn to Dignity Health? And what we found with our employees is they wanted to be part of our mission. We have a very strong mission statement that is not something that's in the background, but it's at the forefront of every meeting we do. I'll give you an example of every meeting we do. So... We start our meetings at Dignity Health with a reflection. It could be a quote, it could be a short clip from a movie, it, it, but the point is, it's to put you in the right space. And so there's something different here. 
And I've worked at Dignity Health since 2001, and, and we always tried to put our finger on why it was different. We heard from nurses, and nurses move around a lot. Sure. Yeah. Um, they go from one hospital, a different company, to, a, to, a, to another. And they would always say, you know, when I come here, there's, there's something unique and special. So we wanted to find out what that was. Then we wanted to find out what the intersecting consumer need was. And again, you know, this won't surprise anyone. I'm not giving away any trade secrets. When I say people just want to be treated with respect yeah. when they go into a healthcare setting, that they're not um, a number. And that's what I think our campaign, our brand does. That's our promise is, um, you know, we will strive every time to, to treat you as a person. So do you think that, like you obviously feel like you have a responsibility, you know, to everyone in the Dignity Health Organization. But kind of outside of that, do you feel like spreading this movement that you're talking about is something that's like core to the mission of what you're doing? And like how how do you reach people beyond just kind of the folks in the room? And Dignity Health has sixty thousand employees, and um, obviously like a huge reach of people that are under under care. So like, how do you reach kind of like the the broader broader world. Absolutely. And, and again, I think this springs from where we came from, our founding by sisters who were determined to change the world, sisters who were not content to do just a small piece of work over here, but to take on society's larger issues. And Dignity Health has always stood for taking on things that are that can seem intractable. I'll give you one example. Human trafficking, huge problem across the country. And Dignity Health saw this issue and saw that women would come into the emergency room and have or potentially give signals of that they were themselves victims of human trafficking. So we developed a program that's now, as I understand it, being rolled out amongst other healthcare systems uh, and other areas that now identify human trafficking victims at that point, the emergency room where they often uh, um, are pre- present. And then not just that we recognize the problem, but then how do you deal with that? How do you get those victims into safe housing? So we partner with other organizations to to have those safe places for them to go. So that's just a small example. That's that, great. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, that's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. I think anything like that where you're thinking about a holistic user experience where uh, you know, that's not something that Dignity Health had to do. It's not something that was like vital to, to the business. But where was the where was the thought process? It sounds like people on the team get excited about going above and beyond and thinking about like, how do we solve not just a couple of problems, but all of the problems that our customers are facing? Where any stories you can share about that thought process or maybe some of the conversations that led, you know, your team towards trying to fix that problem? Yeah, absolutely. Again, healthcare is confusing. I right. mean, think about your own healthcare experiences. Where do you turn to? How do you find the help you need, the information to act upon a decision? And so what we knew we had to start is a process to, to start to really think from, from the outside in. So what's the consumer looking for? What's the consumer need? How do we not get caught up in sort of the internal dynamics of the healthcare operation, but rather reach out and and 
connect with those consumers and then ensure that their journey, their healthcare journey is as frictionless as possible. And I need to be candid, it's not like we've solved the problem. Healthcare is and remains complicated. It remains um, inundated with bureaucracy and paperwork. But I think at the end of the day, if we can you know, be that support person to lend a smile, to, to help a person along the way, it's going to make their journey at least a little easier. And that's what we strive every day. But see, that's something that's really different from a lot of people who view advertising as a means to an end. It's a really different mindset to like bake humanity into how you're reaching people and having impact beyond that. Because I think that what, especially what we see at the mission and kind of our viewpoint on the world of like, we want to improve people's lives every day, um, which is not always the goal of, of other media organizations. And so if your goal is to improve people's lives every day, you're actually doing that through your messaging and your storytelling, which I think is is really fascinating. But it's also something that like is definitely industry leading. Like People should be taking cues from this. And obviously with healthcare, you have a very direct tie to people's like <laughs> improving their health. But what what if, what any other type of company that is solving someone's need is should be improving them in some way. They should probably align their um, their marketing and their advertising and their brand engagement along those same lines. And I think that you see a lot of misalignment with marketers sometimes of driving to the end goal of like, and I think that you've kind of talked about this before about like, we don't need to show people in lab coats um, <laughs> in the marketing materials because that's not what people like that doesn't inspire people or that doesn't inspire like human kindness or things like that. Cause you talk about like removing kind of some of the um, more, I guess like on the nose types of advertising and going more towards like connecting with actual human beings. Well, this I think gets back to what is a brand? Why is a brand relevant and how can a brand add value to your organization? So a brand is the sum total of the experiences, good and bad that someone has with your organization, your product or service. And, you know, advancing a brand has to be true to that experience. So what, um, what marketers need to do is take the essence of, the, of what's true of the organization and make it real. So, um, you know, there are academic medical centers that I think do a very good job at advertising what they do and, and showcasing what is very um, sophisticated, unique medical treatments that may only be available at an academic medical center. And that fits them and, and, it, and it makes sense. So I don't think it's, a, so for healthcare advertising, it's not a one size fits all, but I think what is true for everyone is what's the core essence? What, what do your people feel? How do they behave? How do they engage? And then how do people who, who engage with those folks feel at the end of the day? Love it. So Mark, usually this portion of the interview and the conversation, we jump into the quick hits section where we ask a question and you fire back with whatever answers top of mind. Okay. So, ready to jump into it? I'm ready. All right. So what is the app that you're using most these days that you're most excited about? The app that I'm most excited about is uh, I have these lighting apps now. So I've wired my <laughs> oh, like Philips Hue or what are you using? It, it, I'm not using Philips Hue. I have LifeX okay, and then cool. and then um, VenX or something like nice. that. Um, so I have not I not only have light bulbs but switches. And so controlling my environment from my phone is is proving immensely satisfying in, in a way that I didn't think it would be. 
Um, the remote control for everything, right? Exactly. That's exactly. Cool. Uh, what app is the most fun that you use? That you, like you open and you actually get a smile on your face. Well, it, it's my addiction. It's words with friends. I have oh, to confess. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I, I am. Uh, I that. I am addicted and uh, I, I have been for years and uh, it's- we, we might need to, I mean, we might need to square off. <laughs> okay. Uh, I had to quit because my godmother, I love you, Jenny. Um, I, I think I beat her a hundred times in a row. And so I had That's to square off. And do it. I was just, I, you know, I got really good at it. Uh, it's when you're in Afghanistan. So <laughs> you, you do a lot of words with friends. When and you learn all the tricks. Yeah. You learn all the tricks. Exactly. And, and all the, and, we're a big Scrabble family, so we might have to. I grew up a Scrabble family as well. Yeah. Um, my sister hates when I use like all the like AA and all the two letter words. Or the are, QI, the Cade, Kintar, yeah. the Q words of yep. you. QAT. Not and in the and spirit all that. of the game. Or maybe it is. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what about marketing tools? Is there a SaaS product? Is there some type of marketing tool? It could be a book that you've got a lot of value out of lately. Well, I think, you know, measurement's critical um, for those engaged in social media, measuring your your social engagement's critical. There's a number of tools. I don't really have a recommendation for any one, but what I would say is if, if, if you're just looking at likes and shares, you're not really measuring your social media. Preach. Well said. Well, we need to write that time hack down, put that in a Put that in the <laughs> newsletter. Uh, is, is there a favorite um, marketing or advertising book that you go back to again and again, or that you've read multiple times? Uh, well, other than Ogilvy and advertising, which is the Bible, I find uh, Adweek and Ad Age Online, um, and they have a number of offshoots, like creative yep. uh, daily that are just must-reads. They tell you the pulse of what's happening, the, the energy, uh, and it's just important to know where things are going. Are you guys using... AI, chatbots, stuff like that? We're not. We've looked at chatbots, but the reality is it's so off-brand for us. To have a chatbot when someone has a pressing medical question just does not seem to fit us. Totally. Love those ethos. Um, So outside of tech, are there any trends on the horizon that you see in marketing that most of the industry or many professionals are not aware of or not not aware of as they should be maybe? So I'll answer the question a little differently, which is I feel like everyone tends to jump on the same bandwagon and that it's a mistake to do so. So I'm going to give a word, authenticity. I can't (laughs) tell you how many terms I've heard that, times I've heard that word, authenticity. And what I would say is it's not a cure-all for advertising or marketing. Yes, you want to be true to your core product and brand and service, but being authentic does not mean necessarily being a, a a poor marketer and there's some brands that have jumped into the, to the space of quote authenticity that feels incredibly inauthentic. Yeah. One marketer that I think uh, that has done a phenomenal job at creating an authentic voice is Wendy's. And mm-hmm. it, it it's really odd. I'm, um, their social engagement is, is uh, so awesome. funny. You know exactly their personality, their voice. You can hear it in your mind when you pass a Wendy's now without uh, even seeing something. And they've done that consistently. Uh, and I think that's an authentic expression of, of what they want their brand to be. When other hamburger chains try it, it just falls flat. What about a favorite podcast? 
Uh, well, other than this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Perfect. I, you know, I think This American Life is is just um, is amazing. Um, I love Malcolm Gladwell's podcast. Um, revisionist History. Revisionist History. I, it, it, the uh, My favorite one is the one on McDonald's Fries. I, uh, that I haven't listened to that. It's yet. really good. So he uncovers why they changed their recipe, which he loved to what they have now. That's so funny. And he goes to a lab where they conduct the tests, and it's just <laughs> fascinating. So um, this is I love this question because it helps us all here in the Bay Area. For those of our that are listening outside of the Bay Area, next time you come visit, uh, what's your favorite one day getaway in the Greater Bay Area? It has to be Sonoma. I mean, I love Sonoma. I love wine. I love eating. It's all there. And um, favorite winery would be actually in Napa, um, Robert Sinsky. So, so what what Sinsky does he, um, is it's a couple, and I forget her name. I should know because I get her newsletter. She is a cook, and so you do not have a wine tasting without food to pair with each of the wine. And That's wine great. is made for food, and so it's just it's it's a great tasting. And their Pinot Noirs are out of this world. Okay, so uh, final two things, and we can kind of if there if there's anything else that you kind of want to um, get out into the world, but uh, best campaign you've ever done, or like coolest campaign you've ever done, other than Hello Human Kindness, which we discussed. Um, Hello Human Kindness has to be it. I've, you know, what's so satisfying about working at a healthcare company is that you're not just selling widgets, but that you're hopefully changing lives for the better. And as a marketer, I think that's just a dream come true. So, um, it is, it is my favorite and there's just all else pale. Okay. Chad, you want to do yeah, definitely. Um, and let me jump back to one of the interesting things you said earlier as well. At the beginning of the interview, you alluded to the fact that uh, it's really important to find somebody who sees something more in you or find a good mentor early on. Uh, is there any type of advice or perspective you can provide to any up and coming marketers who are looking to find a mentor and maybe they can't find someone in person? So how can they think about finding maybe a digital mentor or anything you can share there? Yeah, what I would say is the best mentors are are are, are people um, that you interact with because uh, hopefully, ideally, you'll observe their actions and you'll see how they do things. And I think um, watching and observing uh, effective people is there's just no substitute for that. I mean, for me, my boss Charlie Francis, um, I don't think he was a a knowing mentor by any means. But I spent years watching him and seeing how he goes about his business. And I've just learned so much. Quick example. Sure. Um, Charlie instilled on me, always start with strategy. Strategy then informs everything else. And that when things start to get wobbly, just point back to the strategy. Is it on strategy? And it's become the yardstick that I use. And so... I'm sure there's great online reading and tools. I've read a number of business books. I tend to feel they're just kind of like sugary snacks, though. You read them, <laughs> they can be kind of interesting, and then they, they, they don't can, leave you away from the hard work in a sense, don't they? Because what you just mentioned, the whole in-person aspect in our digital world, people don't sometimes they don't see the value in that. 
But uh, there's a lot of value, it sounds like, um, maybe more than people realize. That's right. And I, I think mentors come from unlikely places. I yeah. mean, yes, uh, Charlie was my boss, but you never know where that person is in your life, who you admire, who you respect. And just that person is the person that you want to follow and understand more. Sure. Oh, I have one more thing. Um, and by the way, everyone can find Mark on the Twitters at Mark Viden. That's it, right? It's that easy. Um, awesome. You you use celebrities really well. Uh, how do you how do you kind of like think through like the use of celebrities involved in kind of like your greater marketing strategy and also to like create value for your audience? Well, I think uh, your question I would um, kind of change just a little and it hints at the success, which is we don't use celebrities. We find and partner with celebrities that share our values and that together we can advance common causes. And I'll give you an example. We just had a partnership with the singer Jewel. She uh, performs in Las Vegas, had heard of Hello Human Kindness, loved our campaign, wanted to know more, um, flew out, met with her, talked with her. We spent about a year going back and forth, kind of what would feel right. She uh, is very into mindfulness. And Dignity Health uh, for years has been advancing mindfulness. And we just saw a natural partnership taking uh, shape that both of us could advance our shared agenda. How do we make what has become just a very disconnected, busy, noisy world a little more calm? Yeah. And she was great. And it's and it's just very successful. The celebrity partnerships, and I wouldn't even say they're partnerships, the the, the use of celebrities that are just there to get name recognition. Yeah. Can have a can have a quick bump, but they're not sustainable. They don't they're not long lasting, and ultimately, I don't think they enhance your brand. Thanks for listening to this episode of Marketing Trends. Marketing Trends is brought to you by Salesforce Pardot. World class B two B marketers use Pardot to generate and nurture leads, close more deals, and maximize ROI at every stage of the sales cycle. Empower your marketing team to become revenue-generating superheroes and let Pardot's data analysis keep an eye on the bottom line. Learn more by visiting pardot.com podcast or click on the link in our show notes. You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences so you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster, and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers 
to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.